me be very clear. I grew up in segregated Birmingham, Alabama. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't go to a movie theater or to a restaurant with my parents. I went to segregated schools till we moved to Denver. Mm -hmm. My parents never thought I was going to grow up in a world without prejudice, but they also told me that's somebody else's problem, not yours. You're going to overcome it, and you are going to be anything you want to be. And that's the message that I think we ought to be sending to kids. One of the worries that I have about the way that we're, we're talking about race is that it either seems so big that somehow white people now have to feel guilty for everything that happened in the past. I, I mm -hmm. don't think that's very productive. Or black people have to feel disempowered by mm -hmm. race. I would like black kids to be completely empowered, to know that they are beautiful in their blackness, mm -hmm. but in order to do that, I don't have to make white kids feel bad for being white. So somehow, this is a conversation that has gone in the wrong direction. Keep that last part, you don't have to watch. Yeah, you know, there's a little bit of it. In order for black kids who, quite frankly, for a long time, the way they were portrayed, the way their history was portrayed, mm -hmm, right. it was second-class citizenship. Of course. But I don't have to make white children feel bad about being white. We in here. Yeah, we in here. Because we've been here. of Black versus the Board of Education. My name is Miss Laureen, and I will be your hostess with the mostest. Before we address the foolishness that we just heard, um, I want to go around and let my co-hosts introduce themselves. So let me start with Miss Melissa. Go ahead and introduce yourself, honey. Hi, everyone. My name is Melissa, and I'm a 15-year-old sophomore in the Southern California area. Welcome back, my love. And we'll toss it over to Miss Adia. Hi, everyone. My name's Adia. I'm 16, and I'm a junior in the Sacramento area. Welcome back, Miss Jada. Hi, guys. I'm back. Uh, my name is Jada, and I am a junior in the Sacramento area. You in El Grove. Stop lying. Anyway, <laughs> Sam, go ahead and introduce yourself. So, my name is Samuel. I live in Georgia, and I'm in fifth grade. I'm homeschooled though, so I don't go to a public school. All right now, see, come on, come through homeschoolers. All right, and then let's go to Miss Anaya. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi everyone, my name is Anaya and I'm a junior in high school. A junior in high school. Well, welcome you guys. So you had a chance to listen to the opening video and I know that normally we go into hot topics or some of the stories that we've seen, but I, I have to start with this one. Um, she's made a lot of uh, statements that I don't particularly agree with. Um, what did you guys think of the opening video? Let me go to you, Adia. What did you think? I mean, the first thing that came to my mind with like all the people clapping is like white people like love that stuff. Like they love it. Like because it makes them like so they can blame black people like for their own racism basically and not have to face that they are like racist and be uncomfortable. You know what I mean? They're kind of like pointing the finger. Well, like you're making me feel bad. So that's like your problem and this and that. 
So, um, yeah, I was just like, whoa. Like, they they really love that stuff. So I'm not surprised, like, there was a bunch of clapping in the crowd. Mm. Sam, I saw you come off mute real quick. What you want to say, Sammy? You shaking your head. <laughs> Foolishness. You right. What? what are you talking about? What, what, where have you got this from? Where have you got this opinion from? Like, where did it come from? Because it's obviously either you weren't taught right or you just decided that that's your opinion now. That, oh, that's my opinion. Well, we can't, we can't teach that white people are racist to, towards black people because, like, that'll make white people feel bad. Like, who wants white people to feel bad, right? <laughs> Samuel. Like, Jada. Like, like, our ancestors weren't on slave plantations for, like, 15 hours a day with little sleep, waking up in early mornings and working through hot days. Like that uh-huh. right? We don't want we don't want white people to feel bad. You're right, Sam. I mean, I can't I can't argue with you. You're right. You're right, Miss Jada. I agree with Sam. It was just like, and I agree with Adia too. How the white people were clapping the audience. I'm like, I know it was white people clapping in the audience, especially when the white lady was like, "Wait, what'd you say? Say that last part again." Say, like you know, you heard her. You want her to say it again, <laughs> like, and it was just, it was just like. Her black card is revoked for that, by the way, because it was just. She ain't like, never had her black card. What do you mean? It was anyway, just go ahead. like it was just like it was like oh we have to like subside against you know white people we don't want to make them uncomfortable because their ancestors did that to us. How you think we feel? Like Sam said, we was the one on the plantations. We still living in it today. We may not be on plantations, but we still gotta face the racism. There, there are literally black people out here getting killed just for being black. Like, but we don't want to make y'all uncomfortable. Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, next, please. Melissa. Um, I agree with Jada. You know, it was white people clapping. We heard her say it the first time. She did not need to repeat that. I don't, what did she get out of saying that? I don't understand. And no one is trying to make white kids or white people feel guilty for being white. But like Sam and Jada said, we were the ones of the plantations. And we're not blaming white people in the present necessarily but it's important to learn about the history and you know and it's generational and systematic so it's being passed down if you don't learn about it then they're going to be treating us the same way that they were before with racism and we have to experience it now it's it's what's happening so i just i don't know what she got out of that that was an uneducated answer um there was a lot wrong with that jada you said you have something else to say Yes. Another thing was they love it like in history class, but it seems really repetitive about how we're learning about how these white people are doing these amazing, amazing things. Oh, well, this person's president. And, oh, this one did this and this one did that. But the minute we talk about something that relates to our history, y'all put us through that. So we're, we're learning. We're learning together. So it's like the minute we talk like some type of history about what they did bad. It's like, oh, we don't don't make us uncomfortable, but it's okay if we talk about, well, here, here's the 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, you know, he wrote this amendment. Like, it's just like, we can praise y'all, but like the minute we talk about some uncomfortable stuff, we have to subside for your feelings. It doesn't make sense. Miss Anaya. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, why should Black people feel bad for the white kids feeling bad for what their ancestors did? 
that that doesn't make sense. Like, why should I feel bad for you? Because you want to go say, oh, I feel guilty for what they did, but don't blame it on me. I'm not blaming it on you, but you need to learn your history. If, um, like, I wasn't even taught my correct history in school, like, how do you think we feel, you know? I, uh, that she she makes my head hurt because it's like some of these Negroes are living in an alternate reality. They're living in an alternate reality because they've ex, they've experienced some some sort of success, so they're kind of removed from the day to day things that black folks are going through. And then they get on like national TV and they say this ridiculous foolishness. Like it's the truth. And it, she's just so dumb. That was just so dumb. That was dumb to say. It was dumb. And, and she felt good because she got applause. And I want to tell y'all something. She asked her to repeat what she said because she probably couldn't believe her doggone ears this coming from the mouth of a black fool. And when I keep telling y'all about all skin folk and kin folk, ta-da, there she is. Cause she get up there like she really has something poignant to say. And what she said was just the most ridiculous thing that she could have said as if she does not see the remnants of what not teaching this history has done. Because we can, like Jada said, we can praise them as conquerors, as, as, as these people who did all these wonderful things because that's the story they tell. But they don't want you to know the truth that they are from a line of pure evil people who got where they got by killing off other people. And we have to have that conversation because without having that conversation, we're doing a disservice because I don't remember, I don't know if y'all's parents have told you, but when you don't know your history, you're bound to repeat it. And what we see is a repetition of ridiculousness and pure evil going on and it's always kind of directed at black folks first because i don't want to hear nobody saying oh but you know we get discriminated against too you might but it ain't like us and we have to have that conversation so um i'm, I'm just irritated i'm irritated that 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 was a thing i'm irritated that she brought her behind on there and said that we need to get over january 6th when they stormed the capitol and they're not being held accountable for it who is this fool like I'm I'm about to pull one of Matt's moves. Who raised you? How you grow up in a segregated South and then come out here like, but I don't have to make people feel bad because um, it's a choice on how we dwell on it. That's some foolishness. She needs to shut her behind up. Just getting on my nerves. It just got on my nerves. I'm sorry, y'all. I'll calm down. But this is the same mentality. They always go get one little bootlick to come on camera and side with them in their foolishness. All across this country, we're talking about them putting in law, putting laws in place to not teach this history. It ain't critical race theory. They don't even know how to spell theory. This is history. I'm so sick of them, y'all. I'm just sick of them. And we got we we really have to we really have to acknowledge that this is just some dumb stuff. And we can't have people like that speaking for the majority of us who are out here really living these times. If she don't have anything intelligent to say, she need to shut her ass up. And I said it, shut up because it's not helpful. Sorry, guys. I'm, 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 I'm,
So when you guys hear older black folks talking like this, um, what goes through your minds? Like what goes through your minds? Sam, I see your hand is up. Jada, I'll come to you next. Come on, Sam. It's it's wild because you brought you got you guys have probably had way more like direct racism than we have because we mm, we yeah. experience racism but it's like passive it's like passive but like 40s 50s kkk was blowing up churches mm. come on sam it, it was way more direct the, <laughs> the the alabama governor was saying uh segregation now segregation tomorrow segregation forever so it, it was it was way more direct so teach her something. Teach her something, Sam. Know, teach her something. Think like this opinion when you were born in Alabama in segregated in segregated Alabama in the fifties. I don't I don't know how you form these opinions. <laughs> Come on, Sam. Come on. Uh Dee Dee or no Jada, you were you had your hand up. Sam basically said everything that I was feeling. It was like y'all were in the moment. Y'all, y'all have probably experienced more than we have experienced. So to see her sit here, and even though she's like, "Oh, I grew up in a segregated place," then why are you sitting up here and have the audacity to talk the way you're talking right now? Like it just doesn't make sense. I also feel like to add on what you guys are saying, like I feel like some like older black folks sometimes, and definitely not everyone, but it's like we're not in segregation anymore. Like everything's like holly jolly, you know, we're all equal, you know, stuff like that. You know what I mean? And it's like, just because like, there's not, I guess, legalized, I guess that's, you know, I don't think, yeah. Eh. Um, <laughs> segregation anymore, you know, arguably there definitely still is segregation. Like, I feel like we need to remember that racism takes new forms. Like it never really ends. Right. So right. I feel like they're just like, sometimes just because there's not slavery, just because there's not segregation doesn't mean everything's all good. You know what I mean? So I feel like sometimes that's like they're like, oh well, we're we're integrated now, so it's all it's all holly jolly, great, but that's not the case. But when you say there's not slavery, we have to be clear there is. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Ms. mass incarceration, right? Yeah, yeah. I know you. I know you didn't mean that, but yeah, I'm just saying for the people watching, right? We mm -hmm. have to be clear there is still slavery, right? Yeah. And so I, I don't want to give them the the. Uh, like we're trying to say that it's over with, like, you know, it's, yeah. it hasn't morphed. No, it's morphed. And they do a lot of it by enacting policies, right? They enact policies and they put gatekeepers at the front of the gate. And she was a gatekeeper, let's be clear. She was a gatekeeper. Um, they put these gatekeepers in place who come out and say, oh, things are not that bad. We're post-racial, right? That's that's the That's the story they want to tell that we're post-racial, that it's not as bad as we're saying it, it is, that things are not happening the way, look, they can walk around free. Slave patrol ain't out there getting them. They're not, really? Like we have to be clear when we're trying to explain something to people. Um, I want y'all to come with that fire. I want y'all to tell them what you do know because they tend to think that young people don't have a good grasp on what is going on around them. And I want to be that one to say, yeah, y'all don't know the young people I know because you guys are really, really sharp and you see the things that are going on around you. So do you think that when you have older black folks who come in 
and say this type of stuff for the applause of the white gays, and I'll just put it that way, um, is that letting you down in some way? Come on, Anaya, speak to me. It's letting me down because um, I forgot who I was speaking with, but we were talking about um, like keeping the legacy alive of like fighting for black people, how like back mm-hmm. in the day there was like, um, like big people represented and represented in media for like, oh, this mm-hmm. is a like a freedom fighter, whatever, whatever. So us as young people, we need to keep that alive. So if we can't even go to the older generation for advice, it's like, how are we supposed to do that? And like, it makes me sad because like, how are you not going to fight for your own people? You witnessed that firsthand and you're still witnessing it. So how can you just turn a blind eye, especially if you can relate to that so much? Right, Sam, you got your hand up. Just unmute, boo. Just unmute. Tell us what you're thinking. It's just like... It's just like about the prison thing. Like that's how they did it in Reconstruction. They they just uh had you with a bogus call. Say you don't have a job. That's a crime because that was a crime in like the late mm-hmm. 1800s. So you don't have a job. That's a crime. Oh, you're going to jail. And then and the railroad companies or whatever will say, oh, we'll pay for your bail if you come work for us. And then it'll basically just Is be that like, convict leasing? You talking about some convict leasing? Mm-hmm. Come on, Sam. It, tell us something. Tell us something. You'll you, you just come and work for us. But you gotta you 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 just gotta work. It won't be that bad. Then they had you working just like you were back on the plantation. Just ching, ching. just just you yeah. know virtually. They would keep you fed because they needed you to work. That's all they needed you. They just needed to feed you so that that you could just work some more. That's all they Mm -hmm. fed you for. They don't really care about you. They just wanted you. They just fed you so you could work more. And if you didn't eat, then they would just kill you. So, because it's like, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no purpose for you if Mm -hmm. you're not, if you're not eating and you're not uh have well nutrition because then you don't do work but what but was nutrition kind of like the thing well, they were focused on were, or they were yeah. just trying to give you some sustenance you to continue you to work you weren't you, you still you had malnutrition but you were fed that's all they cared about oh mm. they're fed you that's kind of like that's kind of like the bare minimum and we're seeing the residual effects of that right there's not been really any investments in certain areas, right? There was redlining that kept black folks out of certain areas. They they put us in neighborhoods where there are food deserts today, right? And then we, we have this residual effects because we won't tell the truth about what has happened, right? And so how can we, as, as, as young folks, how can y'all, because I ain't as young as y'all, how, how do you see you um, kind of stepping into this this arena to start to try to lead in this space when you have folks like uh and i keep i keep you know mixing her up with with kamala because they they both got issues for me um but how do you continue to try to make things different and better when you have people speaking like we're post-racial when you know that that's not the case so how do you make things better melissa i'm gonna come to you and indeedee I don't even know because it's it's so hard. And back to your first question, asking like, 
what does it make us feel when you hear these older black people who are acting like, you know, racism is over. It's frustrating because we have to stand up for our literal right to live and to exist to these older white people already. And so then having to almost explain ourselves to people who look like us and who should be feeling the same thing as us or more because they experienced it firsthand. It's mm -hmm. frustrating because it's like, where do you, who can you turn to, to get advice and to get help to even know how to move forward and to become a new generation of leaders if we don't have people to look back on. So I don't, I don't know how we can, you know, stand up and become a new generation of leaders if we have people coming from all sides saying for different reasons and from different perspectives that, you know, we're doing too much. Mm. Didi? I think you kind of have to be critical, like also like piggyback off what Melissa said, like you have to be critical on who you're listening to and like, you know what I mean? Just like mm -hmm. not believing or like agreeing with everything anybody says, but just kind of being critical of who you're listening to and also being able to have the thoughts for yourself and not just being like, oh, well, they said this and I think that too now, you know, kind of being able to process stuff yourselves and like disagree or agree and kind of figure out where you lie, I guess, in the spectrum in order to move forward. Is it important for you all to know your history in order to adequately move about society? Is it important for you? Somebody speak to me. Like, don't just look at me and nod your head. Uh, I yeah, I was about to add that on. Like, know your history and preach it. Like, get in these people's faces. Even these older Black people, get in their face. Tell well, them. I don't know if I don't know if you need to get in their face because you know you know older folks, they 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 expect you to have a modicum of respect. Uh. Not literally, <laughs> but you know, keep like be on them. You know, like tell them what you're saying is, is challenge them. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So so not get in their face because I don't want nobody to say Miss Lorraine was laughing at them <laughs> when they said no no because we want to do things decent and in order. But I agree with you that you have to challenge when people are saying things like this, you have to challenge them um, because, and you should know better. And it makes it easier if you're well-read and well-versed in what it is that you're speaking about. Melissa, were you coming off mute? I, I don't know. Yeah, I was. I think it is important to know our history because that's what we are upset about. The fact that other people don't know our history and we're also upset about the history itself and that those effects are, that we're still being affected by it today. So knowing the history accurately is very important to know what we're fighting for and what we're fighting to get past and what we're fighting for other people to know and mm -hmm. to recognize that it happened. So I do think it's very important. Do you guys ever look at those pictures, like say that they put in books from the civil rights movement? Do you guys notice how they put them in black and white as if color wasn't a thing to make you think it was so long ago? Like, Do you guys ever realize that? I like at first I didn't realize it, but I started like seeing like more, I guess, information about it. And I was mm -hmm. kind of, like, that's really crazy because like a lot of people think about like segregation and stuff like very, very like, you know what I mean? Like long ago. But that's like people's like parents, grandparents, like it's really like not far at all. I want to know from the people that are watching us right now. Um, there's quite there's a couple of y'all. Uh, how many of you were alive during the civil rights movement? I believe my mother was. Um I want to know how many, because it was like the Civil Rights uh, uh, Act of 1965, 66. So, I mean, that was 10 years before I was born, right? 
that was like not not well not well not, that wasn't exactly 10 years i was born in 78 but i'm just saying like it was not that far back as these pictures want to portray miss delita was a baby my mama put me in the chat so she was here um it wasn't that long ago so when you realize that there has been kind of like this occupation to present information to you in bite-sized pieces in black and white so that you think it's that far back and then the only time now that you hear these 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 people and sam you just yawning you tired boo um the only time you see these other people talking um they they talk about martin luther king they talk about malcolm x what are they doing currently right that's where we need to get to what's happening currently who who are we looking to and i know i'm not talking about messiah leadership or one person i'm like the folks who were alive in the civil rights movement that were fighting where they at because all of them ain't dead some of them were teenagers some of them were were preteens where they at and why they been so damn quiet it bothers me y'all it bothers me go ahead sam you coming off mute i saw you it's it's just true like like where are you like speak up come on come on because you've had actual like you've seen it you've experienced it we the newer generation can just look it up we we don't we don't actually have the we haven't actually seen it mm -hmm. heard it experienced it so we we need like an actual direct source because not everybody from that era is dead because it was only like 50 years ago no less than 50 years ago it was like i'm not gonna do the math i'm just saying it, it wasn't that long ago it really wasn't and so it seemed like people people been asleep right people been asleep at the wheel and then they're expecting you all, the newer generation coming up, y'all are zennials, they expect y'all to know how to maneuver in this space. And they've been sleeping at the wheel and they're not telling you. That's where my frustration comes from because you got idiots like this getting on national television saying, well, we can't make people feel bad. And most of our community is in poverty. Most of our people won't get to the White House and sit in the Secretary of State's place. And you got the nerve to get on national TV? Come on, man. Get out of here with that foolishness. That's just some dumb stuff. It's dumb. It's dumb and she should be ashamed of herself. And I feel bad as an adult that the younger kids that y'all's age have to see idiots like that and be like, damn. Well, there that is. I guess we should get over it. I guess nothing to see here. Give me a break. But we're gonna move on from her because she's an idiot and I ain't got time. So uh and 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 when we're talking about people like this, the amount of different stories that we've seen about black children being um brutalized, marginalized on their school campuses, and she got the nerve to get up there to get applause. Like she isn't familiar. What I would suggest is she shut up and learn something. 
Come back down to reality. Come to the ground level. Don't take the bird's eye view. Come to the ground level and see what's actually happening present day. Because she's in the clouds somewhere. But I got this story. I want you to check this out. Let me know what you think. Hold on real quick. The ACLU of Hawaii is accusing HPD of handcuffing and arresting a 10-year-old black girl and falsely detaining her mother. The organization says this happened last year at Honawai Elementary School. Police were called in because the girl had drawn something in response to another student who was bullying her. The ACLU also says when the mother was called and arrived at the school, she was kept away from her daughter until she was taken to the police station. The mother was sequestered away in a, in a separate room, in a separate part of the school, and she was not allowed to leave even. And so that's the basis for why we're alleging that she was falsely imprisoned. ACLU sent a letter to the state and the city asking for a change of policy. HPD says it is working with the city's corporation council to address allegations. The state attorney general's office says it's working with the Department of Education to respond to the letter. But we, but, but we can't make white children feel bad. Now, the reason I included this, so this story came up last week, and I know it said it was a year ago, but I don't know if the lawsuit is just now being heard. I don't know why it just came up in, in the media last week. But we have a 10-year-old girl who drew something, handcuffed, kept away from her mother, and taken to the police station. And they detained her mother as well. What say you? I think that it's interesting because I remember last season there was a, um, we had a story that we covered where a white kid drew, um, I think might have been the same age, a white kid drew a picture of a black boy and he was hanging him. Like it was a lynching. And the severity of what happened in this black girl did not happen to this little white boy. The white boy was bullying a black kid, but the black girl who is who is doing this in retaliation to being bullied is the one who is getting put in jail, who is being handcuffed and she's 10. It, it doesn't add up. It's, it's, not, it's not fair. But we can't make white kids feel bad. Am I right? <laughs> white, kids, white kids don't deserve that grief you know you know how it is <laughs> white, white kids that are, draw, that are drawing hanging a black one a black kid um they don't deserve that grief they don't deserve it i promise you samuel <laughs> sam is so sarcastic i just cannot with I him today so bad for them. <laughs> i'm sorry Sam, stop it. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, come on, man. But but we can't make them feel bad. But this is what's going on with our children right now in schools across America. This just happened to be in Hawaii. But across America, there are example after example after example. You don't want to talk about history, but you won't say anything about these multiple incidents that are happening that are being directed at children who look like me. Cue and the fake outrage. Cue the fake outrage. Go ahead, Sam. What are you saying? And um, so there, there is. 
I've heard that there is more, it is more than just America that are discriminative against black people. And I think that's the influence of America and mm. British and all of them spreading racism towards black people across the globe because Japan aren't fond of black people, China aren't fond of black people. So, and no, both of those countries have relations with the US and the British and those countries. So I think it's the, I, I believe, I think it's the influence mm. of the British and America that is spreading worldwide racism towards black people. I think what you're talking about is anti-blackness. Sam is Sam is Sam is trying to light us up today and I'm trying to figure out who raised you, sir. Like I'm that's I'm just like that's what I'm talking about. I I see you're in the chat. Mama mama saying, "Come on now, Sam. I see you." I'm just saying like <laughs> Sam is teaching class and he ain't taking no prisoners because it's 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 true, right? I think that I was reading something and it said that uh, Hitler took his influence from America, right? What you say, Melissa? I see your mouth. What you say? I said yes. I'm learning about that right now, and I'm I'm not happy about it. My history class, it's but yeah, so, I'm agreeing with what you're saying. So your history class it teaches that. Does it teach any anything? Uh, black history? Any any uh, what oh, they yeah. would refer to as critical race? theory there's a i got stories about what my white history teacher has said about critical race theory and about slavery is it's a lot but well, talk to us talk okay, to us so, what do you say oh uh, we were learning about slavery it was like the third week of school and so i'm homeschooled and i only go to campus two days a week so we have to fit a lot into two classes but we mm -hmm. also have the three days at home where we get assignments to learn about whatever we're learning about. So we were on the topic of slavery and we were learning about the transatlantic slave route. And we were learning about human trafficking and how um, Portugal had a really heavy influence on that. And my teacher said that although that's true, we should learn to differentiate modern day Portugal from the Portugal that had an influence in slavery because Portugal has is modern now and they've made a lot of changes to their society and it's he said he's been there it's a beautiful a beautiful place to visit we should all go there and basically differentiate the two and i had a problem with that and so i i told him i had a problem with what he said and this is just one of a few things that he said that has made me uncomfortable and frustrated so mm -hmm. yeah okay so you have somebody who's telling you that you need to differentiate um they say the same thing about America. It's a beautiful place okay. to visit, right? There are some beautiful places here in this country. However, that does not <laughs> absolve them from the things that they have done. And chickens are going to come home to roost. Why? Because karma is that, that chick. And they can't get away with it. They're not getting away with it. And they need to repent for something happens to them. It's just the truth. I mean, they could say what they want to say, but we can't, we cannot sit up and act like they're getting away with something, right? We just can't. Karma, karma has to come back around or however, I don't, I forget, 
you know, the, uh, you, you reap what you sow, right? Whatever you put out, that's what you're going to get back. And so we have to be clear that they're going to have hell to pay. It's only a matter of time. So I, I just, I have a problem with teachers who get up in classrooms and want to tell you what you're supposed to think. Um, I think that they can give you information, but you have, you have autonomy. You're a whole autonomous human being, and you're going to come with your own opinion about what it is that they're telling you. And you have a right to do that. You are not robots. So thank you for speaking up in your class. I wish more of y'all would speak up in your class and cut this foolishness off. Cause it's, it's ridiculous. Anaya, were you going to say something? I see you over there moving up in the corner. You were, did you have something to add to it? Um, Sure. I'll add something, something similar, not similar, to that, but my teacher who's my history teacher, but I had him in for average class English. So we were in class and he was saying like to all the black kids, cause I forgot. Um, oh yeah. So he has these like this day in history up. So this girl in class, she was, and the day in history was um, like somebody burned down the White House or something. And she was like, as he should, I'm glad he burned down the White House. So of course the teacher had a problem with that. He's like, why are you saying that? And she was like, well, the most when the black people, I have every right to say that. So, you know, all the black kids in class like came in. You know, everybody else was silent. Everybody else in class had nothing to say at that moment. They were all nobody. Nobody came to our defense. Nothing. So he mm. went on about like the world is better for black people now. This, this, and that. I'm not trying to like um like hurt your feelings or make your feelings not valid. But you need to realize that you know like not all white people are bad. You know, America is better. So then we were like white privilege, you know, like literally white privilege, like you have white privilege just being white. And he was like, give me an example. Why do I have white privilege? And we're like, just because you're white, like where are you? It's not your job to teach him. It's not your job to teach him. And then the next day I came with the whole list of white privilege. (laughs) Yeah. And I presented it in class. And yeah. I mean, can can I get a copy of the list so I can post it somewhere? (laughs) And then he he never talked about it again. So I think I bet you he didn't. (laughs) But I'm just saying, it's not y'all's job to teach these adults things. It's not your job. And he's a history teacher. You would think a U.S. history teacher, you wouldn't, you would know. But no, they because they're not teaching history. The U.S. history teachers be the worst because they teach U.S. history, but they like they like leave out the parts about what U.S the U.S. did to other countries and, like, other people. You know what I mean? Just, no. Or what they're currently doing to other countries yeah. and other people. Literally. Or what they're doing into inside America to a particular group of people who is basically uh, handcuffed to the bottom. And everybody uses those bottom group of people to leapfrog and get the things that they want. Let's talk about it. George Washington is great, even though he owns slaves. And then we're going to ignore that. Of course, of course. He was a great he was a great war commander, of course. And a great president, even though he owns slaves. But we're going we're gonna to ignore that. We're going to ignore that. Even though he pulled out his the, their teeth to put them in his mouth. Oh, no. We're, but we're going to ignore that. Of course. Because mm-hmm. George Washington is our founder and our first president. Yes. Yes. We, we have to because if we don't the structure of the country completely falls apart am i right what you saying melissa 
I said, it needs to fall apart so we can build it back the right way because it was messed up when it was built. <laughs> I'm just saying, let's talk about it. But that's what they don't want to talk about because that gives you the, the inkling that everything that glitters ain't gold. Some of it is poop. Sorry, with some speckles in it. I don't know. Um, sometimes it just is what it is. <laughs> that was the best way that I could say that. Uh, without cursing and you know because my mama my mama is listening and i don't uh, whooping later um but that was the best way uh that i could say that um because they have a way of talking about the things and portraying themselves as these great conquerors and victors but they never talk about the blood trail that they left behind them to get to where they are and we have to be honest about that we cannot talk about a problem that we won't acknowledge and we cannot fix something that we can't talk about. And that's the problem in these damn school districts right now. That's the problem. Nobody wants to talk about the problem. They want to gloss over it. They want to put these little patty cake uh, solutions in front of our children. And you guys are looking at them like, yeah, no. Because nobody's asking you what you want and what you need. And we got to talk about it. We do, we, we do, we do, we do. And I know I keep saying that, but it's the truth. We can't fix what we won't acknowledge. We can't put in anything to, into place to fix what we can't acknowledge. They spend millions and millions of dollars putting money into the pockets of their friends talking about, uh, what's that? Uh, Arbinger training, mindset training. It ain't a mindset, it's a heart issue. You can't fix a heart issue. Some of these people got to go. And let's start with the Negroes at the top that, that want to talk about stupid stuff. They got to go, all of them. And we should pull the rug out from under them and we should no longer allow them to speak. We shouldn't. We shouldn't allow them to speak. What you got your hand up for, Stan? So it's like, it's true because uh, black people at the top, at least most of them, some of them are good, but black people at the top they feel kind of disconnected. They don't give back to the community that they were raised in, and they they just like to leave it all behind. They don't like to feed into it so it can become better. It can become a better place. It can become a better community. It can it can just improve. They don't want to give back into the into the places that built them. Mm. They don't want to give back into them, so they just. They just worry about themselves. Come on, Sam. They they don't they don't do charity for for co black communities. They don't do any of that. The the places that ra that that they were raised in, they just forget about them as they get more and more successful. They just forget more and more, become more and more disconnected. Mm. Just, it just blips from their mind, it, and forever gone. That's deep, Sam. And I agree with Sam on this because I do see it a lot where you see our Black people, wherever they came from, you see them go up and be successful. And they sort of just seem to forget about everybody else. Like, they have what they need, so they just kind of dip. And it's like, why not instead use your status or use your platform to help where you came from, to help the people who are still at the bottom, who are trying to try and even make it where you are. It's like you sort of forget about us. And... It's, yeah, I just see it reoccurring and it's kind of sad because we fight so hard to climb to the top and to see you just climb to the top and disappear. Like, hey, what about us? Like, 
it's just yeah well there's a lot of individualism right there's not a collective uplift and that is the problem and that's what we need you all to kind of join in on is that collective uplift we can't do things in silos we can't work one person over here doing this another person over there doing that we have to figure out a way to work together for the collective uplift of our group of people because what we're seeing is people are using our statistics they don't have the type of problems we have but they're they're kind of joining themselves to our statistics and their problems are being mitigated while we're still in the same spot you can look at the racial wealth gap and see that but nobody wants to talk about it because we don't want certain people to be upset Damn that. We upset. We upset all the time. Didi, you going to say something? Well, just to talking about like your point, kind of like going back to the video in the beginning and stuff like that, like I think it's important to remember that we're not going to have like any progress as long as white people stay comfortable because they've been comfortable. And that's why these systems have continued to like reform and just regrow to keep white people comfortable. So if we keep coddling white people, if we keep you know, like making this idea of like white fragility okay and treating them as just like these fragile beings, like there's gonna be, there's no way there can be progress for black people. Like they don't, they contradict each other. So mm. yeah, I just want to add that in. I just want to tell y'all, y'all are some amazing young folks. You guys, y'all are on it. I just, and I'm bragging because they, they part of my team. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm just so impressed by the fact that y'all can take in information like this and regurgitate what it is that you're seeing because if you let these folks tell it y'all don't pay attention in school y'all don't pay attention in class you're disruptive if there's more than two or three of you in a room the quality of education goes down and y'all are defying all of that and i love it i love it um we are um almost out of time but i wanted to get to this story the last story that i have for you um, and I want to know what y'all think. So check this out. These stories begin in such a bad news way. It happened last month here at Southwood High School in Shreveport, Louisiana. Plagued with violence. Over the course of three days, another fight. 23 students arrested for fighting. Massive police response. To but strangely, there hasn't been another incident since. Perhaps in part because of this most unusual crisis intervention team. Nobody here has a degree in school counseling. No. No majors in criminal justice. No, no. Your qualifications are? We're dead. We decided the best people who can take care of our kids are who? For us. So Michael Lafitte started Dads on Duty. We're out doing what we do for our babies. A group of about 40 Southwood dads who now hang out at the school in shifts. Let's go. Today, any negative energy that enters the building has to run a gauntlet of good parenting. What's going on, buddy? You moving fast. I like that horse. I immediately felt a form of safety. We stopped fighting. People started going to class. How could that be? You ever heard of a look? A look? Dads have the power to do that? Yes. <laughs> not many people know it, but yes. <laughs> let's go, let's go. But it's not just the firm stares and stern warnings. Let's make it to class, my son. It's also the dad jokes. <laughs> they just make funny jokes like, oh, hey, your suit is untied, but it's really not untied. <laughs> they hate it. They're so embarrassed by it. <laughs> and it's that perfect mix of tough love and gentle ribbing that dads do so well that has helped transform this school. The school has really just been like happy and you can feel it which is why the dads plan to keep coming to southwood 
indefinitely. Because not everybody has the father figure, the father figure at home. Or a male, period, in their life. Like so that. just to be here makes a big difference. Do you think you stumbled onto something here? Absolutely. 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 Yeah. They'd like to start chapters of dads on duty throughout Louisiana. What's up, baby boy? And hope to eventually take on the country. All right. Without a fight. <laughs> Steve Hartman, on the road, in Shreveport, Louisiana. I love that, y'all. <laughs> I love, love, love that. And um, I want to go to y'all because I saw your faces as the video was playing. Jada, you had this smile that you would not take off your face. Tell me about what you just saw. I just, it's just so, it's just so refreshing to see parents being active on campus and being active and trying to solve the solutions because these administrators ain't doing nothing. And I love the phrase, they're like, who can take, who can take better care of our kids than us? <laughs> like yes and then the when the students are joking about the look I already knew I already knew what they were talking about <laughs> it was just such good energy all around and I just loved that whole video that's awesome uh Didi what do you think yeah I thought it was great honestly I'm just kind of wondering like uh, like are they getting like the school should be paying them to be honest like I was thinking about that when the video was going on I was like y'all just like like, uh, don't get me wrong. It is great what they're doing. It is great they take initiative. They took initiative or are doing this out of the kindness of their hearts. Like that is amazing. But they're literally like helping your school, lowering the amount of fights, all this stuff. And you're like they're being counselors. They're being, you know what I mean, like all this stuff at one time. But they're not gonna get paid. Like this is just community service. Like, all right. Yeah. Um... <laughs> that was the exact same thing that i was thinking honestly like okay so where's the school security and are they still collecting a check while these dads are, are really on duty and and coming into the building and changing the culture because they understand that i have to deal with you from my heart right and th that's what parents understand we understand we have to be patient kind loving stern dedicated consistent all of those things and what i'm noticing is a lot of these um a lot of these these school districts they like to hoard money for themselves they don't give parents open access to come in and be on campus like this campus in shreveport louisiana you got to give them 28 24 to 48 hours in advance notice to come on campus what would happen if they changed their mentality and they embraced community groups or dads coming in? What would happen? What do you think, Sam? And is that dad look a real thing, Sam? Is that a thing? Yes, it is. It is. He give you that. You already know you're doing something wrong, Dad. No. <laughs> Instantly cut a, 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 do Stop whatever you're doing and just and just. Just walk straight and just. Cause you know he's not playing, right? If he looks at you that way, he's not playing. He's not playing. <laughs> all right, all right. Anaya, is that dad look a real thing? What do you think? Um, it is, but you know. Um... Why you roll your eyes? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> because my dad doesn't give me the look. When he does, I um I know this is bad, but I be laughing because not laughing at him, but I laugh and then I run away. Because 
<laughs> I'm not gonna have him get my mom on me. I'll be looking at him and I'll be like, mm-hmm. And then I, yeah, it's real. So you more scared of your your mom than you are your dad? Yes, because because growing up, oh, like, you had to make sure she wasn't behind you. Because like growing up, I was a daddy's girl, so like he would buy me anything I wanted. Like I just had to ask him, and my mom's like, she don't need that. No. So yeah. Hmm. Melissa, I know your dad is amazing. Uh, is that dad look a real thing? Does Does he give you a look? Yeah, but I was Benaya. Like I be laughing, but um, <laughs> y'all disrespectful. <laughs> I'm just explaining myself. Like I laugh internally because I'm like, it's 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 my mom. You know, he's gonna go tell my mom, and then she's gonna give me the look, and then that's that's what's scary. Oh. Oh. But yeah, <laughs> but I really think what what they were doing was amazing, and it's and in the beginning of the video where the reporter was talking to them and was um, saying like you guys don't have any qualifications, you know, and how you're always saying, Lorraine, it's a heart thing. So yeah. really about who has the passion for it and who's going to really do what needs to be done and who wants to do that, not just because, you know, that's what they're supposed to do, because that's mm-hmm. not, dads don't have to do that. They really just need to be parents. They don't have to be parents to everyone. And that's what they're doing because that's what everyone needs. So mm-hmm. I just think it's your qualifications, how much school you've gone through doesn't really mean anything at the end of the day, if you're not passionate because right. passion and your heart is what's going to get the job done. And he said, so what it what it said to me is that you don't need a degree in school counseling or criminal justice to show you give a damn about kids. That's what it said to me. Um, but I wanted to read you guys something because I, I someone posted this video last night and this is what she said on her social media. She says, I love that these black men began playing this role but I believe schools slash politicians slash governments strategically use these kind of interventions to excuse themselves from the institutional and systemic roles they play in creating the conditions that contribute to violence within black communities. And I cut out Brown because that's not what we're talking about. Um, If you listen closely, the narrative is presented as though the solution to black youth fighting is black fathers stepping up. This creates the narrative that the harm and violence in Black communities is specifically a product of absent Black fathers and deviant Black families. This is a consistent racist narrative in the U.S. So note, there ends up being focus on Black fathers and no discussion about poverty, lack of uh, community mental health supports, or discussion about how the school may be failing to provide the proper resources to prevent harm and and violence amongst youth. It turns the conversation of violent Black youth into Black father family community issue, as opposed to a structural racism educational inequity issue. What do you think about that? Didi? I think that's a really interesting perspective, and I definitely do get where she is coming from, or she or he, whoever wrote the post. She, it was a she. Um, where she's coming from, just because mm-hmm. I do think, like, like it's great what they're doing, but at the end of the day, like, it's not that Black fathers, like, aren't this, like, problem we're talking about, and I think it kind of, you know, I get, I definitely get what you're saying. It's, like, showing this is, like, it excuses the idea of like that basically you know you know America or like even just the schools have like really anything to do with the problem and like like you know what I mean so 
I don't know. Like, I just agree with what you're saying. I see it from both sides. Um, but I do think that's an important perspective to just realize that we're not just looking at this and thinking like, oh, this is like, this is what needs to be done because black brothers are the problem, which is mm-hmm. not, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think we to look at it critically, but I also still think it's like an amazing thing that people are doing in the community. Yeah. And I also would like to put in there that research shows that black fathers are the most active of fathers out there. So we have to continue to change that narrative. Um, If they would give our families and our communities access to come on there and help them because they're failing miserably, they don't know what they're doing. um, We could see a change in what's going on on most campuses. And I think it's Kahia or Kahia or Kia. Um, Which article are you looking for, love, that you want put in the chat? Because that was a screenshot that I took off of Instagram. Um, Let me see if I have the person's name on it. Um, Excuse me. Uh, I think I took her name off of it, but um, I can try to go back and find it. Um, But that was just something that I took off uh, Instagram because I, I was like, yeah, I mean, I understand where she's coming from because when our families or our dads step in, it's like, oh, look at this is a feel good story. But we don't talk about the fact that across the nation, School districts are disproportionately disciplining Black children and pushing them out, causing them probably to feel some some modicum of frustration. And by the time they've had enough adults telling them that they're a failure, they begin to embrace the words that are spoken over their lives. And we have to actually um, talk about that and, and be clear. Go ahead, Sam. We got about two and a half minutes left. Go ahead. And you heard how when they're reporting it, like the fights how they were saying like a string of violence is mm-hmm. happening across schools. Like they're reporting it like it's like, it's just like extreme. It's very, it's just like, it's just there. That's how, like there's no context. There's no context mm. on why they're fighting or why this is happening. It's just major violence in school and in this school. Another fight has happened. 23 students have been arrested. That's, that's, that's not, there needs to be, because there's context to every situation that happens in life. So there's either good, there's context. So there must, there's something that is causing this. And that's what we need to, that's what they need to find out. School districts, schools. I agree, 100%. That's what they can't just, oh, it's it's black fathers being absent. No. Yeah. No. And I think that, go ahead, Jada. Go ahead. We, We got about a minute. Go ahead. And back to that article that you had read, I love how black fathers and I love how black, you know, parents are actually starting to get involved with what's happening on campus, but the parents wouldn't have to step in if the staff and the administrators were actually doing their job, which is taking care and educating the children and not treating it like, I think Miss Victoria Baldwin had said, mass incarceration, like a prison system. Mm, that's, that's, that's good. That's real good. I mean, but I think that the school and the, and the parents have to work together to create the environment that is conducive for their students to learn, because we know that you guys are not a monolith. You all learn differently. You all, you know, rely on certain safe people around you, right, in order to reach your full potential. Um, so I think that we have to acknowledge that. But look, we're running out of time. I want to thank you guys for, for joining today. We had a 
robust discussion, they're not ready for y'all. They're not ready for y'all. I'm going to just tell you right now. Um, we want to thank everybody who contributed to the discussion who's in the chat. Remember to follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, please um, like our page, uh, BVBOE6 on Instagram, BYLP on Instagram, Blackie Leadership Project on Facebook. Um, make sure y'all stay connected to us. And we want to know in the coming weeks, we want to open the opportunity for more of y'all to join our panel of uh, guests, uh, hosts. So be on the lookout for that. Um, check in on our social medias. We'll be putting that information out there because we can do more if we do it together. Uh, visit our student store. You can go cop a Black versus the Board of Education uh, t-shirt at any time. We would love the support. And with that, we're going to hit you with the wave. We're going to see you next week at 4 o'clock right here on Facebook and YouTube. Check you out soon.